Hey, um, hey, we've been on the book of Acts for the last oh, few weeks now, and we're going to continue on because there's something powerful that God is doing and unraveling in this. You know, quite often as a church, we have been a church that moves through what we call um, uh, just not so much expositional uh, preaching, which is more around just pulling scriptures apart and just going through them, but we've been more um, really just going by the Spirit each week and would preach. We do the odd series, but this is the first time in a long while we've actually pulled a book of the Bible apart and had a look at it. You know, um, We've been looking at this topic, I looked at this a couple of weeks ago, and I really felt that I needed to impress it again, and that's if I can get my clicker going, I should turn it on, that would help, and um, everyone say the fear, the fear of the Lord, you know, and I just want to go over a piece of that message that I preached a couple of weeks back, um, because the fear of the Lord is actually a foundation stone in our faith. It hasn't actually been spoken about for a very, very long time, in fact, I've been in church, boy, probably coming up for, you know... Man, they've got to be close to 25 years, and, and I honestly have not heard preaching on the fear of the Lord much in any way, shape, at all over that time. Isn't that interesting? So critical, is it? You know, I, I think I spoke last time and said this, that, you know, um, in the 90s, everyone um, sort of got tired of having the word fear over them, so the world's view of it, well, we just won't have it. We will remove it from our thinking, from our personalities. So they had this culture of what was no fear. You remember that? Yeah, no fear. And no fear was like, no, uh, it's sort of weird because you meet people that say they're fearless. They're actually a bit nuts. <laughs> they're a bit crazy. I'm fearless. Well, you probably do need a little bit in there of this particular fear to stop you from doing dumb stuff. You know, um, you know, things, I think I showed a video last week, but I'm not going to show the video this week. I mean, I think I showed this one, where people who have no fear like to hang off stuff. And maybe, maybe, that is, yeah, he's got no fear. But that, I, did let, I did let you off there on this one because it was actually a trick, that one. That was sort of rock everyone hands off. But there are people who are crazier than that. This guy here in France climbs buildings with no ropes. Nothing. That's him there. That is pretty out there. Pretty out. You think that's crazy? What about this person here? Look, I mean, I actually had another photo of someone with their head in there, but I thought it was too confronting, so I didn't put that one on there. You know, I think those people could do with a little bit of natural fear. You need to have that. You need to have that. You need to have, sounds like someone's really happy out there. I'm not sure what's going on. Some joy in the hallway, hopefully. Oh, baby. Well, someone's had a baby. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> Great. That was quick. Okay. Um, so uh, today we're preaching. I just want to just go over these notes. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Beginning of wisdom or knowledge, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. That tells me that if you do not have or understand or know the fear of the Lord, then according to that scripture... You haven't yet begun the journey of wisdom. You might have some understanding. You might be able to read your Bible, but so did the Pharisees. They had every single scripture memorized. Knowing your Bible does not make you synonymous with knowing God. If it was, then the Pharisees would be absolutely rocking with God. But many in church have very little understanding of what the fear of the Lord is. For the unbeliever, the fear of God is the fear of judgment. That's what the gospel is about. Jesus Christ died on the cross to set you free from sin. There is judgment. The Bible says you 
die, you have your death here, and then you go to judgment. That's what the Bible's clear about. Sorry if it's a bit negative. I didn't, make, I didn't write the book. But it's not for a believer. Because we have no reason to be scared of God. That is not the fear that is being talked about here. We are, have his promises that nothing can separate us from his love. We have a promise that he will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. So what is the fear for a believer? Again, I spoke this a couple of week back, weeks back. The fear of the Lord is to stand in, everyone say, awe. Awe of him, to honor him, to tremble, to fear, which is this reverence, to respect and value him, to venerate, to worship and adore him more than anything else. In fact, Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, the fear of God is the death of every other fear. Any of you feeling frightened lately? Reading the news and feeling worried? Where's the world going? No, 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 no. When you have the fear of the Lord, it puts to death the other fears. You're wondering why you just can't get a hold of your faith in this season? Well, maybe because you need a dose of the fear of the Lord in your life. There's reverent awe. In fact, Proverbs 16.6 says, The fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. You don't depart because you just suddenly turn and walk away. Because that evil can still be in your mind. It can still perpetuate inside you. You can have left and run away, but the turmoil remains with you. But by the fear of the Lord, you depart from evil, both physically, spiritually, and in who you are in your soul. Amen? You know, by revering or fearing God, we open ourselves to his guidance and his insight. That the fear of the Lord helps us to make wise decisions, to discern truth from deception, and navigate complexities of life with godly wisdom. You know, we're living in challenging times. Anyone notice that? A few challenges out there. You read the book of Acts, it's actually, they, I think they were more challenged in those days than we are today. I was just saying to someone before church, they entered the world here, and they were working to get to here. We've been here, and we feel like we're here. I want to tell you, you're not concerned about where you think things are at. Understand, when you have the fear of the Lord, de evil departs from you. You don't get wound up in that thinking. You get wound up in your calling. Isaiah 33.6 says, There shall be stability in your times. The fear of the Lord is your treasure and his treasure. It is a mutual treasure. You haven't got stability in your mind? Again, maybe you need some fear of the Lord. You need to get this in you. Crazy can be going on around you, but the fear of the Lord is in you. And having the fear of the Lord in your life gives you favor. Did you know that having fear of the Lord operating in your life actually gives you favor in community? Did you know that? I want to tell you, people don't mind your faith. They don't mind that you have it. In fact, many actually are encouraged by you having faith. They may not always agree with what you agree with. But I've often found, and I work in business and in church, so I know I'm speaking from experience, 30 years I've been a business manager. I work in a business setting as a manager, and I live my faith. I don't hide it. It says here, just to prove that true, when people's lives are pleasing to the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Did you hear that? Now, you might think, well, that's just some fancy preaching. That's not what I'm saying. Well, you need to open your eyes. Look at the Salvation Army, completely Christian. Paul Burke, he's away today, but he works for the Salvation Army, as does Vicky. And he'll tell you that they have a government contract 
and they outwork housing for people that are in transition. They have complete favor in this area. In fact, the Salvation Army logo is one of the only Christian logos you'll see behind the Prime Minister. Would you agree? Why? Because they're living the Scripture. When their lives are pleasing to the Lord, He will make even their enemies at peace with them. Are you seeing this? Habitat for Humanity, if you go on to AMI, AMI Insurance, AMI have just started partnering with Habitat for Humanity, a fully Christian organization. Because they are pleasing to the Lord, so he will make your enemies at peace with you. Doesn't mean they'll always agree with you, but isn't that incredible? We've got Wes coming back and preaching in a couple of weeks' time. He runs Sports Chaplaincy New Zealand under Isaac's father. <laughs> she, Isaac's father, she runs Sports Chaplaincy New Zealand. And they have incredible favor. Wes has just started the first time in the Saints basketball team, the second largest franchise of sports in New Zealand, have, have brought Wes in as a sports chaplain. Did you hear that? A chaplain. They haven't dressed it up and called it. They've called, he, called, he's a, he just last, I think it was two weeks ago, said he got to address the whole team and the management team around well-being. He's even allowed to talk his faith to those that ask him about it. This is incredible. You see, this is an example. When people's lives are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even their enemies at peace with them. I hope you're hearing that this morning. But I want to tell you, if you're a Christian by name, but not by action, doing all this crazy stuff on purpose beside your father, I'm not talking about making mistakes. I'm not talking about having a very hard time in your marriage or at work and doing some stuff that you really shouldn't be doing as a Christian. But when I meet Christians, and I, my heart bleeds for them, it does, who actually have Christian as the banner over their house, but they're just living in pornography. They're living in hatred. They're living in all this stuff. Well, I want to tell you something. You just need the fear of the Lord in you. You need to understand this so you can grow beyond these things. Or otherwise, it'll, you'll be another Christian out there that is playing the hypocrite. Because I find people do not mind your faith as long as you are living it. Everyone say living it. Doesn't mean you'll be perfect. Doesn't mean you'll get everything right. You will still get angry, but you should be slow to anger, the Bible says, just like God. Doesn't mean you won't tell someone off, because you're called to discipline people just like God. But God will show you. Here's the interesting thing that I think we need to note from the last time I preached this. The fear of the Lord is not just a study, and it's not just a thing you add to your life. It's actually a spiritual impartation that you're aware of that. I hope I'm not boring anyone today. This is, uh, this is golden stuff. It says, Then a shoot of the Messiah will spring up from the stock of Jesse, David his father, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. Fruit, And this is what will come from this Messiah. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of understanding. The spirit of counsel. The spirit of strength. The spirit of knowledge. And the spirit of, everyone say it, the fear of the Lord. And it says in the last part, and the Messiah will delight in the fear of the Lord. It doesn't say he'll delight in wisdom, but yet we know scriptures that say, for all your wisdom get understanding. You know, when was the last time... I could guarantee that you could remember probably the last time you actually said, oh, God, give me wisdom. Oh, I need wisdom in my job. I need understanding in school. You could probably uh, ask the last time that you said to God, I need wise counsel. God, give me your strength. <laughs> when was the last time you said, teach me the fear of the Lord? 
In other words, all these other impartations that are available to you, we call out on a regular basis. We preach on them all. We talk about wisdom. We talk about knowledge, strength, counsel. But the fear of the Lord, the one, only one that Jesus delights in, not saying he hates the other ones, but that's the one he delights in, never gets preached. Isn't that interesting? And it is therefore, I believe, the enemy has really bound up the church in that regard because he knows the power of those who carry the fear of the Lord. Here's something for you. The Bible says here in Psalm 25, 14, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. Hmm? Friendship with the Lord is with those who fear him. I'm, I'm trying to convince you you need this. I mean, I don't know how much more preaching I need to be doing here. goes further. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one from the snares, the traps of death. I mean, i got to get me some of this fear of the Lord. To bottle it and sell it will be awesome. But as I land this message today, it's the scripture I just want to just finish up. It's not a long preach today. Psalm 34, 7, it says, And the angel of the Lord encamps. <laughs> what in camps? What does that look like? Around those who fear the Lord and delivers them. I mean, when was the last time you ever heard this stuff even being spoken from the pulpit? Something that should be basic 101 faith. The angel of the Lord in camps. Oh, this is a picture of a tent going up, a fire going there. This is all happening around you. This is for you. When you have the fear of the Lord, I find that Christians that are genuinely living their faith, that aren't aware of the fear of the Lord, they just weren't aware of it, but they're generally seeking to live that faith. They're in awe of him. They're like Cornelius. They just have a fear of the Lord in themselves. They never had it preached. I guarantee you that they will not have the same turmoils in their life. There's just this thing that they've had, but now they've read it. They've gone, oh my goodness, I have this in my life. The fear of the Lord is on me. If you work with people that have the fear of the Lord, they will look like their faith. Again, they won't be perfect. They will make their mistakes just like me. Okay, It's not about perfection. There's only one who's perfect, and that's Christ. But when you have the fear of the Lord, all of a sudden you don't have to join in in those jokes that are tearing someone down. You're just not interested. You don't have to swear around the, around the management table like everyone else just to look like you're tough, just like they are. Because you have the fear of the Lord. You don't need that stuff anymore. The fear of the Lord becomes your strength. And you don't lord it over people. You don't, you don't say, well, I don't do that because of this. No, no, no. No, your strength speaks for itself. Your faith speaks for itself. When you have the fear of the Lord, the angel that is a camping around you is doing work of deliverance in others that you don't even know is happening. That's all right. I don't need encouragement today. Bought my own encouragement. That was a good word right there, by the way. You know, you can clap if you want to. You know, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Just messing with you. You know, I read out of Acts 10. Acts 10. This Roman centurion. You know, the Romans were really not received well in their day. They were notorious. Who are notorious that you think of in today's world? You think of gang members, don't you? God's love too. The Romans were notorious. But it says here, the centurion who feared the Lord. Didn't say he had faith in Christ. He hadn't been saved yet, but he feared the Lord. He, and he gave generously to the poor, 
and he held the Jewish people in high regard when the Romans didn't. The Romans actually were quite oppressive, very oppressive. He was this one who stood out because of this gift of the fear of the Lord that was operating in his life. And this was the scripture that reminds us that this was the first thing in his life. And the start of an introduction to Cornelius, he was a devout man, one who along with all his household feared God, held reverent awe of God, held him in high esteem above every other thing. And then out of the fear of the Lord came his need to give to the poor, came his love for God's chosen people. That came first. Are you hearing me? And here's the deal about Cornelius that many might not know. He was noted in the Bible as the first Gentile to receive Christ. I know we talk about the Ethiopian eunuch a little bit, but when you talk to theologians, they'll say that he was the first Gentile. He, in other words, we're all Gentiles. Unless you're Jewish, everyone in this room is a Gentile, non-Jewish people. He was the first who received Christ. And how did he start the journey? He had the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is a door for every other aspect of our faith to flow. That is why Christ delights in it. When you fear God, you get God's attention. There's a scripture that says this, for the eyes of the Lord, everyone say eyes. Those eyes could very well be, if I just go back a couple, could very well be the angel of the Lord and who he's camping around. Amen? Maybe the angel's been trying to camp around someone, maybe me, but because of purposeful sin in my life, he can't camp there. It's a bit like trying to camp on a mountainside or when water's flooding down. How can you camp there? I've often seen the Holy Spirit as like a dove who lands on your shoulder. It doesn't take much for that dove to go away. The Holy Spirit is strong and he is able, but we must understand that we can grieve him and quench him. Amen? Grieving is about sin. Quenching him is about not doing what he's asking you to do. Is this making sense? When you do these things, the dove can land on your shoulder. You still have the Holy Spirit in you when you're sinning. He still loves you, but it's just that he's limited to how he can work through you and what he can bring into your life. And so here we have the years, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The fear of the Lord takes you to the place of commitment in him. And you've got to allow God to show you what commitment looks like. Because if you let a man or a woman tell you what commitment looks like, you can get yourself bound up in some religious activity. You need to let the Lord show you how his design for your commitment looks. It looks different for everyone. One person is committed to the Lord and they're out on the street preaching on a street corner. Yet one person is a CEO of a company and has never been on the street corner all their life and yet they're both called by God in their arenas. Does this make sense? Both have the fear of the Lord. Both called in a unique way. Maybe the music team could come up this morning. How much are we missing in our lives because the fear of the Lord is absent? How many battles have we had to fight because the fear of the Lord wasn't there? Jesus said in this life you'll have trouble. That doesn't mean you're going to be absolved from problems because you have the fear of the Lord. But it does mean 
that you have the full impact of the Savior to come in to speak to you in those places, to speak to your heart and to have this angel encamp around you through the greatest challenges of your life. You know, I'll just finish on a short story. John 5.17 is a scripture that I really hinge a lot of my ministry work around. As you guys know, I, when I wasn't pastoring, I was traveling around the nation and doing a lot of stuff in community and in church. And this scripture was one of my key verses. The Father is always at work around us, and so is Jesus. Just, just say that with me. Go. The Father is always at work around us, and so is Jesus. The thing is, most of us aren't aware of it. That's it. Most of us aren't aware of it. I, I carry this notebook. You see me with it all the time. When I ask something, I write it down. When I catch a thought, I write it down. It's just a habit that I've got into for the last 10 years. Because I want to know when I catch a miracle from God. God's answering prayer all the time, but most of the time we don't answer it because we don't understand it because we're praying for these massive big things out here, the saving of my son or my daughter. We're praying for my, this massive thing to take place and we miss all of the gold that falls off that big nugget that hasn't arrived yet. Do you know what I'm saying? And God needs you to recognize the small dust because it's a small dust that gives him honor and humility to be able to deliver the big thing in your life. You think God doesn't listen to you? You think that he isn't open to what it is that you're asking? It's a very interesting story. Lauren will know this story because you were with me when this happened. I like to share stories that other people are with so you know I'm not making it up. So I was at YWAM base teaching up at the base. It was uh, probably three or four years ago. And so part of what we do is we get people to write down all these clues for the street, and then we go out and we follow those clues. We're practicing finding miracles and unraveling them. We're practicing it. You actually have to practice it. Otherwise, you just miss it, and you just live what I think is a pretty boring Christian faith. I couldn't survive without the miracles of God. Well, I could, but I'd be a lesser man for it. It's so wonderful when you partner with God in whatever your arena is. But the clues that I got was this. And I think this one was yours, Lauren. Green jersey. Sign on a street. You remember that one? Yeah? Sign on the street. Yeah? Uh, crossing. A crossing. Rock wall. I think that was my clue, by the way, just to let you know that I'm hearing from the Spirit too. Yeah. Okay, yes. Bench seat. Hug from a friend. We came into town and we, we went to, this, um, to the church steps and and I was praying with Lauren and the team, and I said, well, where should we go? And none of us had any clue. Let's <laughs> just go. So we wandered into the city, into Trafalgar Street. But as we walked down the street, there was a man with a green jersey sitting back there. And, 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 and Lauren pointed it out, I think, and I said, oh, well, let's just follow him. Because I said, some clues are the person, and some are not the person. Sometimes they are a highlight to let you know you're in the right location. Sometimes you've got to follow the clue. So this one we followed. I said, I think this is a following clue. <laughs> so we started to stalk this guy back up the street. It was a bit frustrating. He was in a Zimmer frame, so we, he, he was walking very slightly. <laughs> so you remember it, eh? He was, he was walking. Oh, he, had a, he had a cane or something, wasn't he, like that? That's it. Yeah, walking so He was walking slow. And I remember just thinking, man, we've got to lay back. We're going to look really, uh, just sort of, uh, this. We're not, no, don't worry, we're not weird at all. Just keep walking. We just want to see where you're going. We followed him probably for about 10 meters, I think, maybe a bit more. And then you noticed the street sign up there and the crossing. 
next set of clothes. And then I, I looked up and there was a girl sitting on a park bench there. And the next clue was rock wall. And right behind there was a rock wall where the church steps are. Do you see, do you see the gold you're missing if you don't live this life? You don't all have to get out on the street and do this, by the way. But in your job, how are you making room to hear from the Holy Spirit? Wait, the story has a crescendo. And, um, you know, I would have missed all that gold. All those crumbs, that, 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 this, 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 just falling down. You miss it all. That's why I want to catch it. So anyway, we wander across the road and I walk up to her and go, hey, how you go? She, she really didn't seem like totally up with us connecting with her. She was a little bit disconnected. Oh, you know. We just thought, man, we have these clues. We have these tickets to you. So we explained to her what we're doing. Now, I may get the story slightly wrong, but we just prayed with her and ministered with her. As we prayed and ministered, she just started to sort of break down. Tears started coming from her eyes. During that encounter, she um, got up and hugged us. Then she sat back down. Some of the team left. Some of us stayed. And she said this. She said, I knew this was going to happen today because last night God told me he was sending people to me tomorrow. You know, the Father is always at work around you. And having the fear of the Lord in your life, part of it is that you'll make room for Him in such a big way. Whatever that looks like, however it is for you. This girl had enough, enough fear of the Lord in her life, enough of it, that it got her on that bench seat because God told her the night before that something was going to happen. Maybe just stand this morning. There's a scripture that sums up a little bit what happened for her. It says, the fear of the, fear the Lord, you holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. Everyone say lack nothing. This girl had a measure of the fear of the Lord. And in that moment, he reminded her of his sufficiency. The fear of the Lord is holy people. Those who fear him will lack nothing. Now, I don't think that'll mean you're going to be a multimillionaire. I'll tell you what, I've got a few things. You know, I've got a couple of cars and a driver and a caravan, but I want to tell you, I could always have more money in my life, but I don't know if it'll make me any more wealthy. True wealth comes from the relationships we have, the love of God and the love of those around us.